Paris McCollum. I'm sitting here with my dad, Dudley Hall, and we're here for Papa, I Have a Question. This is um, a segment that we do where we sit down and <laughs> my whole life I've been asking Papa questions, whether it's out of Bible study, something I heard at church, something I heard at school, or just general life stuff, um, I've had the resource to go and say, Papa, help me with this. Help me wrestle with this. Help me make sense of this. I don't understand what this means. And so we decided to invite you in to one of our conversations where I ask him a question and and he helps me wrestle um, through uh, scripture or uh, biblical interpretation, just, just general life stuff. So welcome. Here we are. Papa, <laughs> I have a question. Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, so many through the years. Um, so my question today is um, kind of about social justice. And um, as believers, we, when we read the story of Scripture, we know that Jesus wins in the end. He has already conquered. Uh -huh. And so we're on the winning team, and we know that justice prevails. And when we think of justice, we think far off, right? We think um, second coming, or we think heaven, or we think, because we know he wins in the end. Um, so, but what about justice now? What about social justice? What about uh, how do social justice and the Bible, the gospel that gives us the good news that tells us who we are, how, how do those relate? Should we be fighting for the underdog? Should we, should we, I don't want to just look for justice at the, at the end. I mm. want to know how does justice work now? Okay. Uh, so let's just talk about justice because justice is part of, uh, of the whole order of God. Mm -hmm. Everything. Uh, justice is the foundation of God's kingdom. Um, one of the probably the uh, most quoted verses about justice is uh, in Micah, where the prophet is speaking to uh, the northern kingdom, and they are they are they are substituting their religious stuff for actually doing what's right. Mm. So they're bringing sacrifices. They're going to the to their worship uh, places. They're they're doing all the religious stuff. And yet they're mistreating the poor and mm -hmm. they're, they're not living by the justice that God had given to them. And so they, they think they're getting, getting by with all that. And so Micah says basically, you know, God is a God of justice and uh, he made some promises. And his promise was, if you live by my order, you'll be blessed. But the same promise is, if you don't, you won't. Uh -huh. So he said, you don't, so you won't. And so there's going to come judgment on you, which did happen because they did not repent. And so Assyria came in and took over the northern kingdom. Later, Babylon came in and took over the southern kingdom. So, so God is faithful to his nature and faithful to his word. So in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has told you, O man, O mortal one, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. That is about as succinct as you can get. <laughs> I mean, all the prophetic message that he's given to him is this. Do justice. Don't just know about it. Do it. Do it. And 
and um, and love mercy and walk humbly. Interestingly, all of those are a characteristic of the nature of God. God is a God of justice, right? As you said earlier, when God gets involved in, in anything, right is going to be done. Yeah. In the end, God is going to make right everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus paid a high price to do that, paid his life. And the fact that he, his death pays for everything that in unjust injustice has done means justice is, is going to be done. We are living in the middle or in the meantime between when Jesus actually paid for judgment, justice to be done, and when it is actually implemented. We get to be privileged. We get the privilege of being his partners and demonstrating justice, mercy, and humility, all three, in the middle of situations that are unjust and um tragic and whatever. So we get to demonstrate this kingdom, this invisible kingdom in the middle of the process of moving toward that that end. Now, the interesting thing is uh, when Micah says, O mortal one, uh, this is what you do. The only mortal that has ever done it right. (laughs) It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Absolutely. In fact, when you were talking about that, I was thinking, Okay, that is describing Jesus. You know, yes. we think of Jesus being um, kind and merciful to the to the sick and to the demon possessed and to all yes. that. But you know, he also destroyed the um, the sellers in the temple. You know, yes. he made a mess of the temple because it wasn't what it was designed for. Yeah. And so he, you know, he practiced justice in so many ways. He but he showed mercy. Yeah. On everyone that he came in contact with, and he certainly walked humbly. Yeah. Yeah. So when we start trying to be the definers of justice, mm-hmm. and we say, okay, I'm going to take up for this one and not take up for that one, and I'm going to put this one above that one and redistribute stuff over here. When we do that, we are taking on the role of God, and uh, we're not good at that. So the, the only way we can really be effective in displacing injustice with justice is to reflect our relationship with God through Jesus, who was so committed to justice, he himself took the took punishment, the, took the punishment mm. of, of sin. Mm. So, so if God was ever going to be unjust or, or take it lightly, he would have done it when he, right. his son was on the cross. Yeah. So God is not going to back off and go, Oh, well, I'm kind of nice, and yeah. I, I, w- I won't do that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was reflecting what it cost to take the price of injustice and to pay it and to make sure that everything is made right. So he's paid the price for everything to be right. Now we get the privilege of of, of not only holding, believing in justice, but of acting in mercy. Mm-hmm. But and yet, that's the nature of God. When when Moses said, "I want to see what you're really like," and and he let uh, Moses what uh, God said, okay, and he put him in the cleft of the rock, and God walks by. He says, "He's full of mercy. 
He's full of mercy. He's full of mercy. He's full of mercy. <laughs> Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. Learn of me. What's my nature? I am full of mercy. Mm-hmm. I am merciful and slow to anger. So if, if we know God, then we can, sharing his life, we can reflect that. And, and that way we know which issues to address at whatever what, at what time. Yeah. And, and instead of trying to create our own concept of what's right, what's just, what's just mm-hmm. you know, whatever, we we are reflections of, of him. And social justice is, you know, you, you kind of have to define things if you're going to talk about them. And social justice has taken on a meaning of being actively politically and whatever over right. certain issues. But but God is for not social justice. He's for real Total justice. justice. Total justice. Total justice. Total justice. Yeah. And if we're concerned about that, certainly we're concerned about systems that have been, become corrupt because somebody was trying mm-hmm. to take an advantage of somebody else. So, yeah, we're concerned about that, and we do whatever we can to correct that. Mm-hmm. But, but in everything, we're walking with a commitment to justice, to do justice, to walk full of mercy, mm-hmm. loving mercy. So, so we, we care about those who even disagree with us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we walk humbly. Humbly, yeah. Yeah, so. It's interesting when you were saying that, I was thinking— about when we're trying to define justice and we're trying to pick our issues of this is this is unjust or whatever, it slips really easily into that me trying to be God, right? Yes. Me trying to, to make justice, my definition of justice happen or my yeah. interpretation of justice, which is right back to the Garden of Eden, to yeah. the temptation to be like God versus the motivation of loving mercy, and yeah. embracing mercy and being motivated by mercy, not justice. Yes. So I think those two, like what I hear you saying is those two, those three, really, the walk humbly has got to be in there too. Yeah. But if you love mercy, then you can balance that justice as opposed to loving justice and yeah. then trying to throw some mercy on there somewhere. Yeah, it is easy to become more concerned about the standard than mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so so we take the issue of abortion, for instance, like it, it's pretty clear in Scripture that God is for life and he, we're created in his image. And so he, he is for protection, life, uh, valuing life and whatever. But and so he values the baby. Yeah, absolutely. But he also values that mom. Sure. Because they're both life. They're both created life. in the image of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, you know, I can. Hold to my standard, my policy, and forget the people, mm-hmm. and that—that that is not justice, right? You know, that is—that's legalism, mm-hmm. which is what the Pharisees had gotten into. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, believing we believe we do justice, not just believe in it, we mm-hmm. do justice mm-hmm. wherever we have an opportunity. But we're always motivated by mercy, mm-hmm. and since we're not God, we ought to walk humbly with walk God. Humbly, yeah, and it's okay to look forward to that moment in the future where just total justice rules and where we get to see the complete application of that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I I, uh, I think every person who's honest will say that, you know, we believe that. we. You, you may not know how to express it, but you really do long for a mm. day when everything wrong is going to be yes. made right. Yeah. That 
That's good. That's good. That's really good. All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us next week for another episode where I'm sure I'll have another question.